In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a story of a man who wanted to join a monastery. And he heard of one that he thought that he could live his life in Christ there, and so he went. And when he knocked on the door, there's no answer, he knocked on the door again. There's no answer, he knocked on the door. It opened, somebody poked their head out, said, what do you want? What are you here for? So I'm here to join the monastery. They shut the door. And he stood there. He knocked again. He knocked again. Head came out again, the door opened. What are you here for? I want to join the monastery. We'll see you in the morning, the door shut. They didn't let him inside, if you aren't picking up that he's just standing outside. He wakes up the next morning and he knocks on the door. He knocks on the door. He knocks on the door. The door opens. Say, well, what would you like? What are you here for? To join the monastery. The door shuts. You can notice a cycle, a pattern starting to emerge here. The next day, he knocks on the door. The door opens. The abbot comes out and he says, Go home and read some Charles Dickens. The man is really utterly confused. Why? I've come to the monastery. Why do I need to go home and read Charles Dickens? When you can read Charles Dickens and cry, then you can come to the monastery. Beauty works on us in incredible ways. Because God works on us in many ways. It's not just our reason. It's not through pyrotechnics. It is not just through morality, just being right or wrong. These are all different paths, and for some people these are the strings of the cords or the ways in which God pricks or touches or lights up things to see if we'll awake, if our hearts will actually plump, pump blood. Beauty, as we heard, not only in the words of the hymn of Cassiani or Cassia, but its arrangement, its work upon us, hits us not up here, but here. And it is unfortunate that we usually don't actually have ourselves educated in such a way to be able to perceive the beauty. That beauty is all around us. That beauty is nestled within what is true and what is good. That beauty is something that God gives us constantly 
as a way to awaken us, as a way to draw us into his bridal chamber. But we are used to ugliness. We have conditioned our hearts. Dickens does not move us. People do not move us. Things come and go, and our hearts stay like stone. One of the great mysteries of repentance is that it is not something that you can reason your way or force your way into it, or make yourself feel guilty enough, because that's not actually repentance. Repentance goes back to what I spoke about on the Sunday of St. Mary of Egypt. It is that love that is mad, self-forgetting. And when else do you stand outside of yourself but when you hear, perceive, or are struck by beauty? And I'm not talking about aestheticism, right? I'm not talking about uh, how things, uh, the parallels, or you know, look at a painting, and like, I'm talking about where transcendence, where time seems to stop, where you are here and not wandering around here, and you can hear the call of our Lord. This is what Holy Week is given to us as a great gift for us to be pierced with the beauty of our Lord. His long-suffering, his utter patience, his kindness, his gentleness, his love to go all the way on his own to the cross and to the tomb. So brothers and sisters, if you need to read Dickens, read Dickens. If you need to set aside time to hear the beauty of the services for the first time, or a particular piece of music, and let it draw you in to God. Maybe it may be that it's time to go sit under that tree that I talked about at the very beginning of Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.